This is In the Trenches, Broadcast 42. Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Welcome back, everyone, to another broadcast of In the Trenches. Today's guest is Matt Miller, who is a former Air Force pilot, advertising executive, full-time serial entrepreneur, and right now his main focus is on school fundraising and, at the end of the day, helping kids. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But Matt, so great to have you here today and on In the Trenches. Thank you so much for, sh- for being here. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself. That's a brief overview, but tell us a little bit more about you know who you are and what you do. Uh, well, I grew up in the Chicago area, um, and uh, after graduating high school, ended up being fortunate to be uh, nominated and accepted uh, to go to the United States Air Force Academy for college. Um, ended up attending the academy for four years, and believe it or not, didn't really have a desire to be a pilot. wasn't my lifelong dream, but I was medically qualified and, and, uh, and ultimately opted to do so. Um, had a blast um, in my nine years of flying in the Air Force. But um, I learned something about myself in that time, and, and that was that I didn't really like uh, being told what to do. Um, so uh, the minute I could could get out and uh, enter the world of for profit, uh, I chose to do so. I spent a, a short period of time working for a company called Abbott Labs, selling hosp- hospital medical equipment, and then about a year and a half later, uh, started working in the advertising industry. Uh, with a company called Advo, which later, later became Velasis. Um, their specialty is direct mail, and, and they're the largest uh, print media company, I believe, in the country, if not the world today. Um, <clears throat> so spent 11 years uh, with them, um, had a great career, uh, um, was one of the top reps in the company for, for a number of years, um, but quite honestly wasn't satisfied with um, with the corporate thing. Um, loved what I did, loved the people that I worked with and had a lot of great opportunities. Um, but once again, felt like, um, I could do more elsewhere. And so I started, uh, you know, started some, doing some business stuff on the side. You know, I sold books online, um, uh, did some multi-level marketing stuff for a while, uh, et cetera, but none of them really provided any kind of long-term stable income. Um, and, and quite honestly, I was looking to create a lifestyle for myself long-term more than just creating another full-time job for myself that I owned. Um, about midway through my time at, at Advo, we were uh, going to be getting bought out by Velasquez. I was concerned about uh, my job at that point. Didn't have anything really to fall back on business-wise. I had a buddy of mine from church, actually, who had talked about um, buying a couple of gumball machines with his young daughters and, and, uh, they were doing, uh, placed them in local businesses. Uh, they were doing it together, teaching them about business and money and that type of thing. And I was like, you know, that might actually work for me because I could do it part time outside of work 
and uh, uh, you know vending machines continue to produce whether you're there or not. So I did a bunch of reading and and that type of thing on the industry. Um, decided to go in the bulk vending route. Um, initially, candy and gum. That uh, after about a year or so uh, morphed into toys and temporary tattoos and stickers and that type of thing um, and had a pretty significant size route built up uh, in the Houston area and then 07 and 08 hit and uh, a lot of my locations um, folks weren't frequenting nearly as often so my numbers were way down, way down and was trying to figure out how to prop those up um, and just so happened to have four kids come knocking on my door in the span of um, of a couple of weeks selling me stuff for the local schools. And, uh, that kind of gave me one of those aha moments where I was like, you know, maybe there's a way I can tie what I'm doing in vending in with fundraising in schools and get some kids off the street potentially long term. And, uh, <clears throat> talked to a buddy of mine who was an elementary PE teacher, told him what I was doing. He thought it was cool and, and said he'd talk to his principal and PTO and see if they'd have interest in giving it a try. Two weeks later, he called and said, yeah, let's do this thing. So I set up my first machine, and we were off to the races. And uh, that was uh, uh, seven years ago, last month. Um, and uh, we've steadily grown since then to where today um, we've got uh, schools that were helping raise money all over the country and uh, a distributor team that duplicates uh, the, the system that I've developed um, across the country in the process and, uh, you know, kind of created a, a huge fundraising platform for schools and also a much more passive income stream for all the distributors around the country, um, that, that I work with that now have a, a spare tire of income. Um, and many actually, this is all they do today. So. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that concept of actually building something that's, uh, it's not quite, a franchise um but 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 essentially doing something like that 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 is like um in that same sphere where you have people that will uh, distributors or, or however you you describe them tell me a little bit about that process of getting them involved and how you how you build something like that and scale something like that i'm really curious about that well i i, I started out with a couple of my buddies that i've done some business stuff with in the past and um after you know i saw that this thing was working and working you know, pretty well. Uh, over time, we got to talking about this and that, and I had several of them, you know, ask me, hey, can we get involved? And then the question is, okay, that would be awesome, but how do we do that? So we ended up uh, arriving at a distributor model. My, my philosophy has always been, you know, if, if well, Zig Ziglar said, help enough other people get what they want and you'll be taken care of. And that's kind of what my philosophy has been in business from the very beginning. So instead of, hey, for 20 grand, you can, you know, be part of this and, and then I'll teach you whatever. I was like, you know what? If what I'm doing is good enough and is real, then I should be willing to make money when they start making money. So uh, there's no startup cost for what we do. Um, once people have been screened and, and, uh, and, and we see eye to eye on the front end, I begin teaching them and giving them access to what we've developed. And then uh, they're allowed to, um, within a territory in their area, you know, put this thing together. Um, 
and it allows them some autonomy. It allows them the ability to grow at whatever pace uh, is going to work for them. Um, and uh, quite honestly, it, uh, it has been done the way it is intentionally because one of the things I hated the most in, in the world of sales is the fact that I always had somebody breathing down my neck wondering what I was going to do next. And um, I'm just a firm believer that, you know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I want to challenge people, but, you know, every family's different. Um, every situation is different. Most people, like I said, are doing this on the side. So I wanted to give them the freedom and the flexibility to grow. And as long as I was willing to go out and continue to grow, regardless of, of their speed, then then everything was cool because uh, I wasn't reliant on anyone um, to make sure that I had food on, on my table and, and that type of thing. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so I guess in, in terms of that then, in terms of that, that model, like is that something that you had when you first started you had intended to do? Or was that because of the feedback you'd gotten from friends? Well, initially, I was just going to have a vending company. Um, now, I will tell you this. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar or ever saw the show, uh, The Big Idea by Donnie Deutsch. Um, it was all about business. And you always had business leaders come on and talk about business and this and that and everything else. And I'll never forget that he had the CEO and founder of the company Coinstar on. Coinstar is the largest vending company, I believe, in the country, if not the world. Um, they're the ones that have the coin machines in grocery stores. Um, they also have the red box machines for, for DVD rentals, et cetera. And I saw him come on Donnie's show. The guy was dressed immaculately, suit, tie, cufflinks, all that stuff. And I was like, you know what? I want to be big someday, but I have a feeling. I don't know the guy. But in my mind, I was like, you know, that company, I, I can almost guarantee owns that guy. And I don't want that. I, I wanted to be able to come and go as I pleased. I wanted to be able to spend time with my family, to travel, um, to do the things that I was really, really passionate about um, and not be tied to some big corporate infrastructure that I had to be there for all the time because I was the one that, that got it all started. So... After seeing him, I realized I didn't want it all, all to be me. I wanted it to be decentralized. I wanted to give people ownership because along the way, I've learned that owners take better care of things than employees do. And in the process, there are very few headaches um, that I have to deal with on a regular basis um, within our group because everybody owns their own thing. If there's an issue with one of our locations, if it's their location, they're taking care of it, not me, et cetera. Um, so it, it kind of, you know, once people said they had a desire to be involved in what I was doing, it morphed from there. But, you know, I didn't want to be the guy that had all those locations long term and had all the headaches with them. And so how many, if you don't mind sharing this, how many um, distributors do you now have? And then and then, how time-intensive is that for you to manage that, if at all? Uh, it, well, first off, it's not very time-intensive at all. Um, I mean, we, we regularly communicate. We have a, a portal that the distributors share information and insights and, and communicate with one another on a regular basis, sharing best practices, et cetera. That's how, where and how we do most of our training and that type of thing. Um, you know, we do uh, fairly regular conference calls. We have an annual conference where 
the entire team and their family get together, families get together for a long weekend. Um, but other than that, um, you know, I'm on the phone, you know, with a couple of these guys every day and of course, uh, uh, sending out communications and, and that type of thing by email, et cetera. But otherwise it's, you know, I, I work out of my house out in the middle of central Texas. Um, and most of my time I do what I want. Yeah, that's interesting. So, so now with that, then that free time. So, you have now focused on uh, different areas. You said serial entrepreneurs. So, tell me a little bit about that. What What are the kind of things that you're drawn toward and and that you work on, and and how do you go about doing that? Well, um, since uh, starting vending, uh, the company's School Spirit Vending, by the way. Um, since starting that, we've also started a school newsletter company um, where we help um, schools distribute their uh, monthly newsletters and, and have turned that into a fundraiser for them as well. Um, I uh, started a comic book company over, over the summer called Sticker Swarm Media. Um, it was originally started in support of our vending business. Um, but, uh, it's also, and the, the comic strip, it's called Marlin and Percy, uh, a couple of apes that, uh, can talk and want to be superheroes. And the whole comic strip has been developed by a couple of young guys out of, that graduated recently from Baylor University. Uh, Caleb Bolenbacher is the writer and Tyler Ellis is the artist. Um, these guys are, are wildly talented, and um, so I'm just the guy that brought it all together and, and asked them to create something for me. Um, but all the stories are fun, and, and uh, they're kid-friendly. Um, they have principles and morals that, that are interwoven um, within those stories. Um, so it ends up being a place, uh, and, and the comic books end up being something that moms and dads don't have to be concerned about what little Johnny or Susie are reading. Um, when I was growing up, I'd get my allowance or my lawn mowing money or money from shoveling lawn or shoveling sidewalks uh, in Chicago, um, and I'd go up to the local five and dime store and and spend it either on football and baseball cards or comic books and. Uh, the hundreds of comic books that I bought over those, those years um, was what really inspired me to read early on. And one of the reasons why I'm an avid reader today. So um, knowing that um, my goal is to inspire a bunch of kids in the process also. Um, and I've got, I've got the time and, and a little bit of money that I can invest in something like this to turn my money-making ventures into to something with a little bit more purpose. Um, and then finally, uh, a good buddy of mine and I, uh, recently started a company called chocolate subscriber and it's an online subscription service, um, for a company called Wiseman house chocolates, um, out of central Texas, a little town called Heiko. In my opinion, it's the, it's the best chocolate in the world and, and we're helping them promote themselves and, uh, and create a consistent customer base. Uh, with the subscription model as well. Wow. So that's a lot. How do you manage it all? Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a matter of keeping lists and doing a little bit every day. And none of them are wildly time consuming. Uh, 
Um, there may be times like with Chocolate Subscriber where, where we're doing some interviews and, and, and doing a bunch of video shooting and, and, and that type of thing, taking pictures and whatnot. But that just might be an afternoon. And then I pass that stuff off to the people who know how to edit and, and, and are actually then going to use it um, within, you know, our website, et cetera, and then let them work their magic. Um, you know, with the, uh, <clears throat> with the newsletter side of things and with the vending side of things, I'm spending time teaching and training and that type of thing. But, you know, the beauty is once you teach somebody how to do that stuff, you don't have to go back and teach them again. Um, so they're able to go out and do their thing. And when they have questions or concerns or issues, they give me a call or shoot me an email. Um, but you know, once again, I'm not out there having to be in the middle of it all, all the time. Um, on the comic book side, Caleb and Tyler are the ones that do it. You know, I just let them know, Hey, let's, let's, we're on comic book number three. Um, and Tyler will have the art done for me to proof here within the next week and a half or so, so that we've got it available for Christmas. And, um, so I, I let them know, okay, guys, here's what I'd like to do. Here's the calendar I'd like to work work on or within. Does that work with you guys? Yes, no. Okay, well, let's do it. And uh, you guys keep me involved and, you know, let me review the story. I just got the script the other day and had a few minor changes that I wanted to have made because I didn't quite follow exactly what Caleb was saying in a couple of places. He went back, made the adjustments sent it back to me so I could review and then we sent it off to Tyler to do his thing. So my involvement in that comic book um, ultimately is going to be maybe a couple hours worth of work. Um, and, and then of course I'm spending time uh, promoting on social media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, that type of thing uh, as well. But I even have a, a VA to help with a lot of that too. So um, it's just a matter of, you know, all of these business businesses together have been developed um, quite awfully because of the limited time that they require. Um, I have no desire to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. I just don't. I've been there, done that for years. I'm 47. Um, my oldest is in college, and I've got two teenagers in the house that before long they're going to be gone as well. Um, and uh, <clears throat> so I didn't want to be that guy that was gone all the time or, or was locked behind closed doors in, in the office all the time. I wanted to be, you know, I'm the only dad that when my, my daughters played volleyball this season was at every game. The only one, uh, we had a state tournament here a couple of weeks ago and the regional tournament uh, the weekend before I was the only dad there for all their games because I have the ability to, to choose when I'm off and when I'm working and, uh, can work my schedule completely around all of that. And I have by design done what I've done over the years to get to this point. Um, I've got a passion for, uh, there's a group of, of a people group in Southwest China called the Hani. They live far in the remote mountains of Southwest China. And um, I've been over there once uh, to do some community development this last year. And I'm going to go on another trip in January and spend a week and a half or so, take my oldest daughter with me so she can have an opportunity to be out of the country for the first time. And once again, I don't have to ask anybody if I can go except for my wife. Um, and we go. So just, uh, just living a life like nobody else can because I was willing to bust my rear early on 
in a way that has allowed me to make money without having to be there all the time. I, I'm sure you've read the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Tom, by uh, Robert mm-hmm. Kiyosaki. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of people um, are critical of him. They don't think the story is real or whatever. I'll be honest with you, I don't care. What I care about is what he taught in that book. And that book completely changed my life. Because when I realized that I didn't have to trade my time for money all the time in order to live, and that when the money that I made exceeded my expenses and I didn't have to be there for it, I bought my life back. And that's what I've done. And so now I've got time to to do these different businesses. I, you know, this may sound crazy. We lived out, we moved out in the country on six acres. I raised chickens. I raised pigs. I've got a huge garden. Um, you know, I like doing that kind of stuff. It's therapeutic for me. And when I was living in Houston in the city, I couldn't do any of that. So in the last three years, I've taught myself how to farm. Um, and, uh, you know, we haven't bought meat for our, for our family aside from cold cuts and stuff in three and a half years because we raise our own and, and have a freezer full because of it. So tell me a little bit about like I'm really curious about this. You said you you know by by living the lifestyle that you did, you were able to to create what you have now. Tell me, can you can you give us more details, practically speaking, in terms of what that looked like? And you mentioned rich dad poor dad. You know, I'm guessing you're alluding to the concepts of you know building assets versus liabilities and so on and so forth. But but tell me a little bit more about practically speaking how you did that, what you did to to build that that lifestyle. Well, well, the first thing is you got to be willing to pay the price. You've got to be willing to do whatever it takes. And the challenge that I see with the mindset of most people is, is their commitment level is only so high. Um, I'll give you a great example. Um, this was probably six years ago now. You know, I was in Houston at the time, and I had a, a principal at a school way out in Odessa, Texas, contact me after an event that I saw her at. And she said, Matt, I know you're in Houston. I know you guys are just getting started, but I absolutely love your program. Will you help me? Well, as a business owner, I had a decision to make. Was I going to tell her no because helping her would have been extremely inconvenient at that point, or was I going to do whatever it took? I decided I couldn't tell her no. She was 1,367 miles from me round trip, and for the first three or four months, I went out there once a month um, crammed that trip into just over a 24-hour day, driving the whole way by myself. And I went out there and I helped and served her for several months. I mean, I was losing money hand over fist, and, and everybody I knew or anybody who might have heard what I did thought I was a complete nut. Who drives 1,367 miles one way to help, or a round trip to help somebody like that? But here's what happened. Because I was willing to serve her and do something that most other people would not be willing to do, I have all the schools except for one in that district today, and my family could live from that one district. Um, I'll give you another great example. Here I was, Air Force Academy grad, white-collar professional, you know, living in one of the finer uh, communities in the Houston area uh, suburbs, and... uh, you know, my business is, uh, is seasonal. And when school's out in the summer, there's no cash flow. So 
after a couple of years into this, I was like, man, I've got a, with a growing family and all that, I've got to figure out a way to make some money in the summer. Well, I'm a big fan of Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you're familiar with Dave, but one of the things he always says um, and recommends to professionals is go get a job delivering pizzas. So I went out and I, probably the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life, I went and asked another man for a job delivering pizzas at Pizza Hut in my local area. Um, the guy looked at my resume, looked at me. He's like, what the heck are you doing here? You're obviously overqualified. And I told him, you know what? I've got a business. I need this money to help continue to grow my business. So for a year and a half, I delivered pizzas on top of being an advertising executive, on top of running uh, you know, a vending route, a traditional vending route, and running uh, you know, my school spirit uh, stuff. I did all that at once. Six months of that time, the AC was out in my van, and I didn't have the money to, to, um, to get it fixed. So in the heat of the summer, I was delivering pizzas at night, um, sweating like there's no tomorrow. But you know what? I had a dream. I had a desire. I had a, I had a reason to do what I was doing. And because I was willing to do what most would never do, I'm able to live the way I live today. Period. That's awesome stuff, Matt. Well, we're we're running at uh, close to the 30-minute uh, mark here. So I think that's really powerful stuff. I could probably pick your brain for hours about any one of these subjects. But uh, tell us a little bit more about, um, in, in the context of where are you going now from here, uh, you know, in, in terms of all the things you're working on. And, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, on the school spirit vending front and on the school news guru front, which is the newsletter side, my, my biggest focus right now is finding other professionals out there um, that share my vision, um, finding other people across the country that um, are looking for a spare tire of income. Maybe they hope someday to have more control of their life or be a full-time entrepreneur, but they just don't see it happening because of money, because of time, because of their skill set. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that have the desire, but they don't know where to start. And what I do with, with both those businesses is I take somebody with the desire, somebody that has just a little bit of time outside of what they do full time, and I show them how to use that money, that time and money effectively to create a business that they can eventually live off of if they want to. So that's where my focus is. I love helping people. I love showing people how it's done. And what's cool is because I got, you know, like, like I said earlier, there's no money exchanged until these guys start making money. So there's no pressure on anybody in that way. And and to see people go from uh, many of them, you know, not having any idea what to do or how to do it and then implementing the systems that we have in place and then to see them succeed over and over and over again is is one of the most gratifying things I've ever experienced. And um, so that's where the real focus is today, is just finding people that, that have a desire for more but just don't know how and uh, and teach them how to do what I do. Great stuff, Matt. Well, hey, where can people reach out to you um, if they'd like to connect or, or find out more about you? Um, they can go to schoolspiritvending.com or schoolnewsguru.com 
And the uh, best email to reach me at is matt, M-A-T-T, at schoolspiritventing.com. Awesome. Great stuff. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show today. Really empowering thank stuff. I love your story. I love what you've done. And it was just, uh, just great stuff all around. So thank you so much. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate the opportunity and, and look forward to talking to you again soon. And that wraps up another broadcast of In the Trenches. If you're interested in checking out the show notes, just head over to tomworkers.com slash podcast to see our latest episodes. Also, I just wanted to give a quick update to fans and listeners of In the Trenches and specifically what I'm working on right now. For the past two years, I've been publishing books, my own and others, through Insurgent Publishing, my boutique publishing company. In the past six months alone, I've helped four individual authors launch their books to bestseller on Amazon, including Dan Norris's The Seven Day Startup and David Nihill's Do You Talk Funny, among others. And both of those books are still top of the charts months after launch. I've learned two important things from all this. Number one, that people still read books. And believe it or not, they're willing to pay for the good ones. And number two, the $60 billion book industry is only getting bigger and the barrier to entry is only getting lower, which means access to this market has never been closer to the average writer, blogger, or author. It is literally within the grasp of anyone who wants it. But you need to know how to approach it the right way, with patience, with a strategy, and with the right implementation and execution. That's why I've been able to launch so many bestsellers, many that are still top of the charts, because we brought great books to the people who wanted and would pay for them. No slimy sales tactics, just honest, powerful marketing. Now, I want to show other authors and publishers how to do the same. Four months ago, I launched the pre-beta to a new super-secret platform called Publishers Empire. In that time, I've helped a dozen authors and publishers start to bring their ideas to life. And with their help and feedback, we've quickly developed what is, in my opinion, the best, most comprehensive publishing training platform in the world. And now I'm getting ready to open the doors up to a few more students. So if you're interested in being part of a tight-knit family of publishers who help and support one another through their writing and publishing projects, if you want access to over 100 HD training videos to take you through the writing and publishing process, if you want access to proven copy and paste book marketing and sales copy, stuff that we've used to launch bestsellers, and if you'd like professional book covers and templates you could plug your own work into and look like a pro in minutes, and if you'd like all of that, while getting the chance to be mentored by me, check out PublishersEmpire.com and sign up to be notified when we launch. That's www.PublishersEmpire.com. I hope to see you there. As always, this is Tom Morcus. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorkis.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.